This is Channel 253. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. One, two, two. Interchangeable. White Ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Our essential question today, how has the explosive growth of professional women's soccer changed the conversation about the game? Mm-hmm. And with us today, we have Darian Jenkins, number 11, the attacking forward for Rain FC. Awesome. Which is now located here in Tacoma. Woohoo! We're Woo-hoo. so excited. Welcome. Welcome. To the show. Thank yeah. you. So we wanted to start with a really simple question. Um, when did you first fall in love with soccer? Uh, <laughs> or maybe it's not simple. I don't know. Oh, let's see. I think fell in love. I started playing soccer when I was like seven. I was playing with some boys at recess. Mm, yeah. And my mom had me in like basketball and hip hop dance and <laughs> horrible basketball. I hated it. Hip hop, loved to dance. Um, but I asked her to put me in soccer and then kind of took off from there. All because of the boys' recess? Yeah. Were you beating them, or you just were intrigued uh, by Probably not, but I think mm. I was, like, as fast as them, mm, and I, yeah. like, nice. really enjoyed the competition part of it. Yeah. But when I fell in love, um, soccer's always kind of been an escape for me, so maybe mm. around, like, age 11, 12, my mm. parents separated, and I think soccer was just, like, out of the house, not even thinking about any of that, and that's probably where I fell in love with it. Yeah. Awesome. Can you describe a little bit for our listeners um, about like uh, where you grew up and kind of how you came to the Northwest? Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Riverton, Utah. Um, and yeah, I just I knew I didn't want to. I probably won't ever live in Utah again. <laughs> Wait, why is that? <laughs> is it time for the shame bell yet? <laughs> uh, just I think it's. A little, it was a little really difficult to navigate yeah. sometimes being like the only African-American like mm-hmm. out of four in a high school or middle mm-hmm. school. And I just wouldn't want to raise my kids Yeah, kind of feeling that way. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. it's really important to be around people that are similar to you in ways like that, mm-hmm. um, especially with being a young girl and like beauty standards and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and as well as I'd want to have like a little bit more of an open culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is so, Riverton, a, is it a pretty small town? Um, it's actually pretty big now. It was mm. smaller, I guess, when I was living there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I knew I just, I wanted to be by a beach. I wanted to be mm-hmm. different type of culture, different type of people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I went to school at UCLA mm-hmm. and then loved it there. Can't mm-hmm. wait to go back. And nice. then I got drafted in North Carolina. I was there for two years and then I just got traded here. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really exciting. Was that in yeah. December? That I got traded? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How does it feel um, to be at the level where you're, like, desired and wanted and traded? Like, can you give us a little insight into what <laughs> the like, feeling is? Uh, I mean, it was kind of scary because yeah. I'm the mm. one that initiated the trade. Oh, really? I oh, asked. Okay. Yeah. And I wasn't sure. I knew teams had, like, inquired about me, but I'm like, mm. I haven't played that much in North Carolina. I don't – who knows what people will, like, offer mm-hmm. or if they'll even release me. So, I mean, it was nice to know that, like, things happened pretty quickly, yeah. which trades usually – happen in like January, February. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was nice. It was a huge relief because I was going to go to France or Sweden to play. Oh, were you? If, oh, yeah, yeah. If it didn't work out yeah. by yeah. the 14th of December, I think. And I think I got wow. traded on the 11th. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. So um, what's the biggest difference between playing down in North Carolina and playing up here? 
Um, uh, well, there's a lot more opportunity this year, which is different because a lot of players are gone. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this team, like, I think I bring something new. You know, I'm fast. I really like to go 1v1. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina Carnery already has players similar to me, so I don't think that mm. there was necessarily opportunity for me there, which I, that's what I kind of discussed with the coach when I left. Mm-hmm. And here there definitely was, you know. And, you know, we've it's been unfortunate with injuries and whatnot, but mm-hmm. there's definitely room for me now. So I think that that's the biggest change. Mm. And I'm back on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, I love. <laughs> yeah that's great. Uh, are you finding any, like, cultural differences <laughs> between between living... here in North Carolina? <laughs> yeah. We tend to ask our guests, like, who've moved from out of state. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you speak of a couple of examples? Couldn't be more opposite. <laughs> <laughs> a little uh, more liberal, you could say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean... The culture in North Carolina is great, and it is great here, too. Um, it's definitely more liberal here, mm. and just West Coast versus East Coast. It's just, <laughs> you're, it's just different different breed yeah. of people. Yeah. Especially coming from the South, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good. Oh, no, I was just thinking about, like, being on, being on the rain. So you feel like you have a lot of growth potential on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, do you see, do you feel like you have, you were able to kind of, like, like, I, I'm trying to think of like the right term, like mind meld. Where did you feel like included in the team? Like as soon as you got here, did it take? Was it a little bit of an adjustment? Because that is a big change. I mean, you're going mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. and in team sports, it's all about relationships and how you yeah. communicate. So mm-hmm. like, do you feel like you fit in right away? Did you? Did it take? Do you stumble a little bit? Like, yeah, um, I'm lucky because I knew some of the girls before mm-hmm. I got here. Like Megan Oyster, her yeah. and I went mm-hmm. to UCLA together. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and Bev, we did a coaching course together nice. last year, so I got to know her really well, and she's yeah. probably one of the sweetest people I've mm-hmm. ever met. Yeah, she's impossibly nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so kind. I, the um, first time I like, I don't not really interacted, but we were um, at a Sounders event up in Seattle, and mm-hmm. I was like, wow, she's she's super nice. Like, yeah. she's really positive. <laughs> like, just and... not, yeah, just not a mean bone in her body. <laughs> so, but the whole team is that way. Um, cool. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been a part of a team that's just like genuinely that nice. Because yeah. you know, it's kind of different when you become pro because everyone's competing against each right, other. Yeah. You know, we're all trying yeah. to get this coveted spot with the national team or yep. get looks, whatever. And it's just not that way. And I really like how independent people are on mm. this team. You know, everybody's has their own things going on. But, you know, when we're at practice, everyone's there, yeah. present. And, yeah, everyone's just really kind. That's rad. And genuine. Yeah. yeah. Um, when did you know that you wanted to become, like, a professional athlete? So you talked about, like, your love of soccer in the beginning stages. But I also noticed that you have an English degree. Mm-hmm. from UCLA so I was kind of curious about we were both yeah, English majors so yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I currently teach English so oh okay yeah. um yeah honestly in college probably my sophomore year I was like yeah I'd love to go pro my mom's gonna laugh hearing this because I just she always says like you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants and it just works out because yeah. I really hate planning it stresses me out yeah so I try not to think ahead about things too much but yeah I mean soccer is going well and I was like yeah, I would love to play, and yeah, just kind of worked out. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Did you plan? Well, you just said you hate planning. Did you had had you planned to use your English degree for something else, or were you just like, I like English, I um, like reading? Well, when I was in college, I wanted to go, not trying to plan too much, but I was like, maybe I'll be a lawyer. Like, hmm, okay. I think I'm good with people. I'm good at winning arguments. <laughs> <laughs> I like to read. 
Um, so that's kind of where I went with that because I think initially I had I was planning on doing psychology, but I couldn't have graduated early. Okay. Mm. Yeah, with it in order to go enter the draft and play yeah. my first year. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry, what was the original question? I just, I was just no, it's fine. I was just curious about if you had planned to do something else with your English degree and like when you decided soccer oh. was like your career. Yeah, so I really like like books that go to film. Oh. I love movies. <laughs> yeah, so I mm-hmm. did a cool internship with this management company um, that I really liked in LA, and I'd probably want to go back to doing something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. after I'm done playing. Yeah, cool. It'll be in the film industry. What's That's your favorite cool. book that turned movie? Or top three, I guess. It's hard to choose, probably. (laughs) Actually, probably this was my favorite film I saw last year. It was Call Me By Your Name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a book first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are there any, um, I'll ask inverse question, which is, what's like the worst book that turned film and you were sorely disappointed? (laughs) Do you have any memories of that? Oh, God. The one that comes to my mind, I probably shouldn't say. Ahead, <laughs> just Fifty Shades. I was going to say, is it Fifty Shades? I just watched the movie Book Club on uh, Netflix, yeah. where it's like these old lady book club, Diane Keaton, yeah. that's right? Like, yeah. They're amazing. And it's so funny because they're like, one of them brings Fifty Shades and is like, we're going to read this for the next. And all other, they're all professionals, like lawyers and judges yeah. and whatnot. And the ladies are like, we can't read this, this filth. But then they decide to read it. And yeah. then the next person brings the next book. And they're like, sorry, we're going to read part two. Like They just keep reading the trilogy. And it just is, it's a hilarious Yeah, it's super that. funny. Really I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's got to be another one. Yeah. But that's yeah. literally what first came to my mind. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, can be kind of, it can be a rough transition going from being a book to being a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful with it. I'm yeah. thinking about all the innuendos that you just said. <laughs> well, listen. That. Listen. I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so part of your work here is also you're a coach. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Why are you? Why, you've when I when I was looking at your LinkedIn, um, I noticed that you coach like <laughs> this is not the first time you've coached. And can you yeah. talk a little about that journey into coaching? Yeah, um, I think I started in Utah doing just like one on one sessions with kids, and I have four younger siblings. I really oh. enjoy being around kids. Oh, yeah. um, and then in North Carolina, I just started. I kind of asked around and found a coaching job, and like I got to train there at the mm-hmm. same time and. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed it. So then the NWSL offered uh, a bunch of us to get our USC coaching yeah. license. Hmm. So went and did that. That was nice. really cool. Met some awesome women. It was one of the first – it was the first time that uh, course being taken was 100% women and all female oh, wow. instructors. Yeah, it was wow. badass. Wow, that's rad. Yeah, it was badass. And then, um, yeah, I've just kind of – wanted to implement those things that I've learned from there. And I really like having a positive influence mm. on kids, mm. especially young girls, because yeah. I know at uh, in some of the ages that I coach, like, really confusing time. And yeah. especially mm. now in the day, the age of social media and stuff mm. and all of these, like, mm-hmm. beauty standards that I think are just absurd. It's good to, like, instill confidence in some mm-hmm. way that I can. And mm-hmm. I think coaching is just a really good avenue to do that. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Do you have a preferred age group? Because I know you, like, coach several different bands of kids. Um... Yeah, I guess when they're <laughs> like, are you allowed to say? It's like people are yeah. like, do you have a favorite student? I'm like, no. I, I got asked that this week Absolutely when school ended. Oh yeah, I'm like please. They're like, you, we know you're lying. Know. I'm like, last day of school, am, we didn't ask, ask me yeah. anything on the last day of school, and they yeah. always ask who's your favorite. And I'm really? Like, oh, geez, you guys, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> you all know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious. <laughs> um, 
probably 13, 14, mm-hmm. I guess. I feel like they're still a little more receptive yeah. without attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pre-attitude. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, can you – so you mentioned the idea of beauty standards and just kind of um, – what happens with that? And we've talked a little bit about that on our show. We have a couple episodes mm-hmm. where we kind of wrestle with that, particularly um, for some of our guests who were women of color. Mm-hmm. Can you speak a little bit to that? Like, how does that those expectations and those standards show up in um, the work that you do and the work mm-hmm. that you've kind of done in the past? Yeah, I just think I could go so many avenues with yeah, this. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, with my siblings, like some of the things that I see them like post about Mm. or like my cousins that are are that age like teenagers in high school middle school and like the things that they do to for beauty Mm. now and like the people the influencers that are showing them like this is how yeah this is how you should get paid and like take this like tummy flattening tea and you'll be skinny like this and I just like think that's so destructive for how we actually are Mm -hmm. and yeah, like some like sometimes girls will show up to training and whatnot and have like overlined lips or like these crazy things that just like that's not how they actually look. Yeah, yeah. So they and, show up for practice that way. Too? Yeah, just yeah, from school or yeah. whatnot. And then yeah, yeah. And it's just it just like makes me sad because I'm like mm-hmm. that's not actually how you are mm-hmm. right. or you're beautiful just the way you are. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who sings that song? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> One Just Direction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking about a different um, song, maybe. The One Direction. But yeah, I hope, like, usually when I coach, I try to have, like, nothing on, just, like, yeah. totally myself. Yeah. Um, so you try to model to them, like, this is who I am, right? And so that they see you. Yeah, yeah. or, like, make sure to make a point of it, like, oh, you mm-hmm. look really pretty today, or, yeah. I, I don't know, just be some sort of influence on, like, being natural in the way you look is... Mm-hmm perfect that's who you are yeah um and then as far as I think being a woman of color and being in a position where you know especially coming from Utah where Mm -hmm. I mean there's not very many people of color there I mean now more so than when I was growing Mm -hmm. up but um I think it's really important for people to see that success and being where I am doesn't, or like being pretty doesn't look a certain way yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to see that it looks different on whoever, however. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the kids that come into your program that you're coaching, um, where do those kids come from, or like how do they get involved in the academy? Um, and how many of those um, kids are women, girls of color? Uh, I just started coaching with the academy about two weeks ago. Okay. So I don't quite know how they all get there. Yeah. I I had heard like there's some crossover with the like rival club like okay. Crossfire yeah. or something oh, yeah. like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure. I'm not that informed. Um, but uh, there's actually quite more diversity out here than mm. other places that mm-hmm. I've coached. Mm. Yeah, that's like one of the first things I noticed actually. Yeah. That's right. Uh, is there also that's like great. so I'm assuming racial diversity? Do you think there's um like language diversity or like socioeconomic any of that? I don't know. Okay. One thing that you, pl- that helps mentioned before is that the the actual like fan base for rain games yeah. it tends to be more diverse in like yeah. terms of like and which is great because I mean depending on where you are soccer can be a pretty white sport right um, and so do you feel like that do you feel like what where where do you think the or 
I don't know how to phrase this question exactly. <laughs> I like, I like but your like, phrase is like really. I'm like, like contemplating right how to like phrase this question. Um, what is it about the ring game that's yeah. ring games that are so special that draw such a diverse crowd that so many people just want to be there? Like they're so special. Like what is it? What's the magic? Like what's in the secret <laughs> sauce? Like. <laughs> Oh, I couldn't tell you. I think just women's soccer in general, mm-hmm. we have such a diverse fan mm-hmm. base, mm-hmm. which I think is great. I just think like women were so tenacious and, mm-hmm. you know, we've gone through so much. And I think that that's just appealing to everybody. Yeah. yeah. And so it's awesome to have like completely different types of people from different backgrounds, cultures, whatever, yeah. come and support. Yeah. Um, that's why I think our Pride game and Pride Month is so huge for yeah. Our sport so because fun. we get such a huge turnout and it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so great. Uh, so I want to ask you a few more questions kind of about like the industry. So you mentioned women's soccer is like the fan base is pretty diverse. Are there other things that you think um, really kind of set it apart from like men's soccer and other professions? Yeah. Okay. Because I think <laughs> get women. In, get in there. <laughs> I can see your like in your, your brain is like yeah. turning. Yeah. So get in there. Get in there. Um, because I think women are so tenacious and we're mm-hmm. never handed anything easily, mm-hmm. ever. So I think, you know, even training with some of the MLS guys in this offseason, yeah. like yeah. how much harder I have to work to just, one, live off of and make it to trainings and mm. find a space to work on yeah. or find a bag of balls to use yep. is so much more difficult than them just showing up and having a coach there to do things for mm-hmm. them because – they're still getting paid in the off season or, mm-hmm. you know, so we have mm-hmm. to grind all mm-hmm. the time, even during season still. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's what's so impressive and just attractive about women's sports is that mm-hmm. we're always giving 100% and mm-hmm. having to grind mm-hmm. more than mm-hmm. men would because they're handed a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really profound, actually. <laughs> I think about it because, like, I mean, you. I think that that translate. It has to translate into how people, how people um, celebrate this sport, right? Yeah. Women's soccer specifically, right? That uh, the fan base knows that, right? In some way, even if they don't know it like consciously, it's like the women are working so hard on the field, like, and they're so so um, inspiring, right? So when you look at some of the MLS players, do you think when you watch games, do you think like I could beat you? <laughs> can, you, can you be honest about that? I mean, you don't have to name names if well, you don't want to, um, or you could just drop like whoever it is. You know? <laughs> You're like, I could beat you. Um, I think, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, any, any names? Yeah. Any players you're like, oh, yeah, you're done. No, no, no okay. names. <laughs> I still want to be friends. <laughs> no, but awesome. I think it's important that, uh, the world knows that because I know sometimes when I am like talking to people, they're like, oh, it's you're a professional soccer player. Like what a glamorous life mm. and whatnot. I'm like, no, like we're pretty poor. Like yeah. I have yeah. to find work in the off season and yeah. like yeah. make money while on top of that, trying to train and like take care yeah. of my yeah. body. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's just not that I think there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, like we're always working when people aren't looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm when like the small spotlight we kind of do have isn't on us. So mm-hmm. I think it's important right. that people know that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What kind of work do you do in the off season? Uh, I, last off season I coached and mm-hmm. I actually worked at this place called Cycle Bar. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, downtown? 
Uh, well, it was in Utah. Oh, Utah. I'm like, there might a, be a cycle bar. We downtown. have a cycle bar. Yeah. 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 Seen it on the internet. I'm like, that looks dumb. Maybe it's a good no, bar. I don't know. It's fun. No, wait. It's fun. Biking and drinking bar. Drinking at the same time. Is that the kind of cycle uh, bar? Is that the cycle bar? No. Oh, you're. Th- oh, like an you're actual. Thinking, you're bar. thinking about like spin. Class. You know what I'm talking about? No. No. Nope. We're all thinking about something different. Where everybody's biking. Okay, those do sound fun, but cycle bar. What is that? I don't even know what it is. I know what you're talking about. I did one in North Carolina. Okay. I was going to say, I don't. I don't think they have them in Utah because like the pedicab of the, that yeah. drives around like for party, like yeah, the party yeah. cycle. And, uh-huh. and you can kind of bar hop. But I don't. The reason, the reason I, I, I don't think they have them in Utah because they have a limit on like how much alcohol yes. you can consume in one sitting, yeah. and so yeah. then they probably wouldn't. It wouldn't have been in Utah. But anyway, yeah. What kind yeah. of cycle bar do you? <laughs> yeah, tell us about it. <laughs> um, it's it's kind of like a spin class, like a soul cycle. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh. yeah, that's fun. That's, that's really like cool. That's like no alcohol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, spinning. No alcohol. It's just exercise. For a minute, I thought it was like booze and spinning, and I was yeah. like, that's kind of intense. Yeah, it's like no, the one in Tacoma is yeah. like a bicycle. There's like a bicycle hanging, and there's no, like all this, that like... sounds more my speed. No cycle bar. <laughs> cycle bars are a little bougier. Yeah. Well, spin classes. That's intense. I did one spin class at the YMCA. Bless them for letting me in the door because I walked. And they were like, "What are you doing here? You don't. You look like a newbie. That's like, tough. That's hard. Spinning yeah. class is really hard. I respect that. You need that. like a special cushion seat. I mean, there's like yeah, yeah. that goes into it. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the idea of like spotlighting um, women's sports and women's soccer in particular. Like, how do we, when you think about what you want to change in profession, or like, how do we magnify the light? I don't know if that's the right way to frame it, but like the light on women's soccer. Like, how do we make it? Yeah. More, like, how do we broaden it? Yeah. Um, First would probably be getting us on a real network. Hey, mm. hey, talk about it. Talk about it. <laughs> yep. What do you I mean, mean by real network for our listeners who don't real? know what that means? <laughs> I mean, we should be on ESPN hmm. or NBC Sports, you know, yep. same as with mm. the MLS. I think we just need to be much more paralleled with the MLS than we actually are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had to find different TV deals. I mean, last year we were on Lifetime that yep. fell through. Um, this year we're on, what are we on? We're I'm on NWSL and Yahoo Sports. Mm-hmm. Yahoo Sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think having something consistent so that people actually have a consistent mm-hmm. way to watch our games and know right, that absolutely. that's the avenue. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just yeah the biggest thing. You know, we're out here working, we're putting in the time. We need a platform to actually watch the game on. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's like most people, yeah, wouldn't even know where to find our games or that mm-hmm. they're televised. I had, yeah. a, I had a really hard time finding when I was, yeah, because I, I missed the the rain season opener and I yeah. was like, oh shoot, I gotta, I gotta figure out how I'm gonna watch it. And I, I finally found it on Yahoo Sports and it was, it was great. I mean, the commentary is great. It's like it's awesome. It's like high production quality, but it's like. It, I had to find it. Like, yeah, I had it's to, a little like, obscure. Around. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's also because you want to do, right? So, like, think about how many people. Yeah. Who, like, I know a lot of folks who love, particularly men, uh, let's go there, who are like, I don't know smarts, <laughs> but, like, they're not going to make the effort to, like, go through an obscure yeah. site or, like, yeah. look, you know, down yeah. the spiral. Yeah, like, really search. Yeah. And right. I would, and yeah. even, like, Yahoo, I wouldn't necessarily consider to be, like, so off the beaten path, right, on the internet. Like, people know what Yahoo is, but, like, it was that's, actually, like, but like you, get so to the, you get to the Yahoo Sports page. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You get to Early the Yahoo Sports page, and then it's, like, buried like yeah. it's not yeah. even like it should be i don't know yeah just, yeah so like the biggest way for people to find out about our games which i mean good on us we most of us um in the energy cell have a bigger following than mm. men in the mls like yeah. hey, personal yeah, yeah with our social media <laughs> yeah um which is like our biggest platform to mm-hmm. kind of get word out that yeah. this totally. is this is where games are this is what time this is how you watch but you know that shouldn't necessarily be our worry that 
Mm-hmm. That's happening. You yeah. know, there needs to be just something bigger going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else do you think would um, help brighten that that spot on y'all? <laughs> equal, so pay? equal pay. Equal pay. Equal pay. I don't know if we can go there. Yeah. yeah. Yes, please. Okay. Yeah. That's a shame. Not on equal pay, but that's a shame on this. Like not equal. Yeah. Pay. Can you? Are you allowed to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> like, what is your take on what's currently happening? And yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's this is kind of like everything I said before is foreshadowing exactly this is being treated like an actual professional athlete. Yeah. Equal pay. Mm. You know, the fact that we have to worry about for five months finding another job to just live on barely. Yeah. um, Takes away from us actually working on our craft Mm -hmm. or that energy away. So yeah, that would literally solve everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think is the greatest impediment to making that happen? Is it just institutionalized patriarchy? Is it? I mean, lack yes, of will? but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that what's shadowing all of us? <laughs> yeah. I mean, between patriarchy um, and white supremacy, I mean, it's like. <laughs> yeah. um, I think we really need owners that are as invested as mm. everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bless their hearts, sky blue. They need yeah. to be out of that situation, you know. Yeah. We they need yeah. to be in a situation where, as yeah. the Utah owner bought out um, Kansas City and brought those players over, and now they're living in the most, probably the most professional environment mm-hmm. that the NWSL has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, some are getting you know housing in the off season mm-hmm. and things like that, like things you just shouldn't really have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it starts from the top because all of the players and the coaching staff, like we're not making that much money. We're here yeah. because we love the sport and right. we want to expand it. Yeah. So we need to make sure that everybody's on that same plane. And yeah. I think that starts from the top. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good answer. Um, let's take a quick break and okay. then we'll come right back. Sounds good. This is Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, We Art Tacoma. Channel 253 is sponsored by our friends at Tacoma Arts Live. Since 1979, Tacoma Arts Live has been the steward of our publicly owned theaters, the Pantages, the Rialto, and the Theater on the Square. Got that? They are ours. And the team of Tacoma Arts Live makes sure that they stay that way for decades to come. Since 2006, Tacoma Arts Live has been working on an ambitious schedule to renovate these iconic buildings. Take just the Pantages. First, they expanded the lobby, upgraded the seismic, and took care of other behind-the-scenes needs. A couple years ago, they completed the refurbishment of the exterior of the building, And just this past year, Tacoma Arts Live unveiled the renovated Pantages Auditorium itself. Now returned to the historic grandeur it looked like when it was built more than a century ago. If you haven't seen it yet, it looks amazing. And the new seats are very comfy too. This attention is not just to look good. These buildings are not fragile pieces of china to be marveled at on the shelf. They must be ready to serve the community and the resident arts organizations that rely on them. And that's what Tacoma Arts Live strives for, day in day out. If you haven't visited your newly renovated Pantages Theater yet, visit TacomaArtsLive.org and find a show. My thanks to Tacoma Arts Live for their support of Channel 253. And we're back. So I remembered something, a little factoid about, (laughs) about, and this is what I think kind of related to our conversation about pay, 
that the the men's professional soccer, I think this was a statistic from last season, brought in about forty eight million dollars in mm-hmm. revenue, um, and women's soccer brought in like fifty point two million dollars. And that point mm-hmm. two matters because two hundred thousand dollars is yeah. nothing to shake a stick at, right? Point two, you're like <laughs> yeah. normally listen. That's On actually, scale, that's we're like point two doesn't matter at all, okay, but when it's millions it of dollars, it totally does. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't know if there's necessarily even a question attached to this, but like. How does that make any sense? Like that, it's such a frustrating thing that you y'all don't get paid for the work you do when you're when your league is bringing in more revenue than mm-hmm. the men's league. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty frustrating. But I think we're all. Let me see how to phrase this. Like, I'm happy to be doing it now, so that future generations mm-hmm. will have that equalness. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's I really hope that it happens soon because I know a lot of women are coming back from having children and whatnot. Right. And our salary isn't sustainable to have mm-hmm. a family. Most people have to do something extra. So, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that this happens really soon. And people are actually I mean, more people are talking about it. And mm-hmm. social media is such a key platform for that yeah. is it's actually getting reposted and people are seeing these statistics and, um, mm-hmm. you know, actually able to see how valuable women's soccer is and you know, what we're all working towards. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I hope things like that keep coming out. And Yeah. I saw a great article actually recently. This is about the private sector, but how it's important to talk about your salary, even mm-hmm. though in our society mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. don't. You're like, like shamed for it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah shame. Exactly. women in particular are shamed for talking yeah. about anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, you know, so you're supposed like to like hold it, yeah. hold it close to the vest because you're like, oh, it's secret information. But yeah. like once you have a conversation about your salary, like the article has, me- has mentioned that, I'll see if I can find it for our show notes, but this woman had a male coworker who in her exact same job and she was making $10,000 less per year than he was. <sighs> and she didn't know until she said, yeah. and that's why it's so important for it to be visible. Like yeah. you talk about like what, you know, that pay disparity and that helps to kind of kickstart solving the yeah. problem, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just getting out of um, being able to be uncomfortable talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think most women aren't. Yeah. But um yeah, I hope my mom listens to this. I tell her this all the time. Yeah. Yeah, she's, it's pretty cool. She actually just got, um, I think she's the only, she's a project manager in Utah, mm-hmm. and she's the only female to ever have that job in the wow. company's history. Wow. That's yeah, incredible. and she gets far less than what her coworkers yeah. do. That's wild. And wow. it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And does like, she pulls in like more money on all of her jobs and everything. Yeah. And, of course she yeah. does. Yeah. To your point, right? You have to be like, what is it, twice as good you have to, to work, be considered half yeah. as better. Yeah. Half as, well, I just messed yeah. that work, up. Work twice <laughs> as hard <laughs> to be considered half as good. There yeah. 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 I feel like I have a I magnet on my fridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. I think it's in like, I think I just read that too, like Michelle Obama's book. She right. said it in yeah, some other yeah, way yeah, and yeah, I yeah. highlighted it. Yeah. yeah. Like all those highlighted moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about what's it like playing here in Tacoma? And we were talking kind of during the break a little bit about what's it like living on Reston Way. Um, what's that? What's that? experience like um playing in Tacoma is great I think the first thing I said when I got here was like people are so friendly oh <laughs> like I got yeah awesome. I got in the elevator and someone was like all right well have a nice day and I was like <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect them to say that um but yeah it's nice like uh I think it's cool that people walking around people know that we play on rain FC mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is something that's usually doesn't happen mm-hmm. that happens like when I'm home in Utah but um didn't really happen in North Carolina mm. too often or anything. So I think it's cool that the community is really a part mm. of it. Do people bother you? You're like, can, you get, can I get a selfie with you? <laughs> or not quite yet. Um, 
that's happened a couple times. It's not bothering. Okay. It's yeah. not bothering. <laughs> Whenever I see like famous or like semi-famous people, I'm like, ooh, can I go over them? And it's like, no, it's not being, cla- it's not being like, classless. I'm like, I just want to say hi. Thanks for being I amazing. Wanna, I just yeah. want to be friends. That's all. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's cool. I think I get equally excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, you know about women's soccer. Yeah. Because it's like right. kind of a dagger when people are like, oh, I didn't even know women played professional soccer. Ah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Wait, shame. It's a dagger. Shame. Shame. shame on that's that. Shameful. Right that's very shameful. That's very shameful. That's funny. Oh, yeah, man. so I'd much rather that reaction than oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, the other. definitely. So I was just talking to somebody, um, and they we were discussing. I don't know if this is too controversial, but we were discussing like there was talk of you know should Rain play against like uh, Defiance or play against like <laughs> Sounders? Exact. Thank you for that laugh, and I hope you'll unpack that laugh a little bit. And I was kind of like I was really mad because I was like just the conversation about like professionals. Not that Defiance aren't like trying to be professionals, but I'm also like they're teenagers and they're like I just feel like it's such a different um world almost mm-hmm. like even though quote unquote is the same game it just feels like it's not the same game so yeah. what do you think about that when like people compare mm-hmm. you to other people just because it's soccer and a ball and your own you mean compare like, like your the work that you do as a professional athlete um playing at the level that you play at mm-hmm. with the USL mm-hmm <laughs> She's like, I'm so offended by this question. I was like, Thank you. Okay, that's enough. I, I think that's fine. Because I, we were kind of, and then in the it was like in a car conversation, and and then my friends, my other friend was like, well, it's just not even the, like we compare them as the same game, but like they're not really the same game, mm-hmm. and so we need to start thinking about like women's soccer is as totally different. Um, I don't know. So what's your question? Sorry, I'm kind of all over the place. Um, so like th- comparing you all, like Rain FC having a match against Defiance, like you're not even the same caliber. Like, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it is a different level. Okay. Yeah. Is I mean, that offensive to suggest that or is that kind of like, well, people are just making dumb comparisons? Uh, I think I try not to get like too caught up in things yeah. like that, but... I do think it's kind of absurd. I mean, first of all, men versus women. Like, it's just different physical specimens. Yep. Yeah. So, to, like, suggest playing against each other is kind of benign. And then, yeah, I mean, we are a different league. We are the first tier. We're the first team. Mm-hmm. First, like, yeah. women's professional. Mm-hmm. USL is different. It's just not... Yeah. It. I don't want to say step below because that sounds bad. But <laughs> it's the league below. Yeah. If we we're trying to be equivalent here, it is the league. It's, yeah. yeah. yeah they're they're the, the league below yeah. right. the first team. Yeah. Yeah. So it wouldn't make much sense. I think this yeah. is just kind of like a fun conversation topic for people to talk about, but. I also yeah. I was getting kind of heated um, with I, them in the car. And well, so I can I was see like, it also getting. I can see it also getting heated because people. Um, I say people, but what I mean specifically is like white men having this kind of like this <laughs> yeah. sort of attitude about like that women's professional sports are not at the same yeah. level of professionalism. They're not at the same level of expertise. They're not at the same level of training. They're not at the same level of anything as men's sports. And that's not true. No. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a crappy it's a crappy way to think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, I think that that's part two because it's like, well, it, it that, that, that is the assumption under that right. is that yeah. like really skilled um, male athletes at the level below this like professional mm-hmm. women's team, right. Are that they're somehow at the same level in terms of like physical ability or like professionalism or like whatever. And it's not like we're talking because it's tiered for a reason. Yeah. Right. Like, and also it's a different, like you said, it's like women's soccer versus men's soccer is like not, 
it's not the same game, um, and it's not that's not a bad thing that it's not the same game. No, right? not it, at all. Not it's not a bad thing. Women don't so. flop. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Well, there's just so, so many things you could sit like, yeah, yeah we do, we are different physical specimens. Like you can't really compare yeah. like a guy is going to be bigger, yeah. faster. You know, it's just it is a different type of style of soccer. It yeah. just is. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's less than or mm-hmm. worse yeah. than watching men's soccer. It's just right. different, mm-hmm. which I think is where I was going with that comparison with the USL. Is I was like, it's. It's not it even just like apples is. and oranges. It's like apples and baseballs. Yeah, I don't know. exactly. Like it's not this. It's not. The and same. then if with the USL, if you're gonna uh, compare the level of professionalism, like mm-hmm. it's just different. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. USL would be our equivalent to what is the WPSL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's where you play on mm-hmm. kind of the summer leagues in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just not the same type of commitment or mm-hmm. sacrifice right. or level yeah. of professionalism mm-hmm. of things that you're giving up to go do this or things right. you're working it's towards your to do it. Yeah. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing for a living. Yeah. It's your career. Yeah. And it, it's not just a job. It's your life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to pick, like, you mentioned earlier, like, before coming to Seattle, you said you were interested in going to Sweden, was it? Finland? Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. So um, I think Seattle's, well, Seattle and Sweden sound, start with the same letter. They're very different. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what's your, like, dream? Is there a dream place to to play, to work and play? Yeah. Um, I would love to play in France. Mm. Yeah. I have, like, this vision of marrying, like, a Frenchman. <laughs> 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 having kids to like speak multiple languages yeah. and like eating yeah, croissants awesome. every day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going cool. to France tomorrow actually for the Women's World Cup. And, Are you? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm yeah, so jealous. I'm so excited I'm about also it. very jealous. And we were, that's kind of our plan. We're like, how many croissants? Could yeah. Fly? Last time we went there, we had the, you know, a French croissant and we were like, this is what a croissant yeah. supposed to taste like, not like how Costco croissants yeah. taste. Like, what? Or the ones from Starbucks, yeah, like right. heated up. Yeah. <laughs> the microwave it for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. so, so France is like that dream. The dream. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. I took French like all through mm-hmm. high school and I took a couple French classes at UCLA. Um, just about the culture and all that. And I just mm-hmm. love it. I think they live such a cool lifestyle. They're in Spain. Like it just seems yeah. like yeah. you just live and there's mm-hmm. not this yeah. amount of immense pressure for like some crazy career like right. I think Americans do that a lot is that we're like not yeah. money hungry but like like the image or yep. of having like all of this crazy success but like that doesn't necessarily equal happiness because right. I feel like people in those countries are just day to day happier yeah to yeah. your point about like uh, people are really busy right everyone loves to mm-hmm. be like I'm so busy and I'm like so yeah. effective <laughs> and I'm, I fall in that trap too um, but I just think about people who know how to like Places and cultures where they know how to take breaks and to, to your point, their happiness is so much higher. They're yeah. hanging out with their families and yeah. their kids and doing things that they love as well mm-hmm. as work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Uh, before we go to our last, se- uh, our next segment, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, you mentioned book club. Um, what book are some club. of your, <laughs> what kind of book club do you run and what kind of books are you reading? Um, uh, well, it just started two months ago, um, but it's fun. I think there's like 10 of us from the team in it. Um, the first book that we read was Educated by oh, yeah. Tara Westover, yeah. I nice. believe. Yeah. Can you talk about that book for a minute? <laughs> I keep hearing. <laughs> so mostly I hear, I'll be honest, I mostly hear white women who are like, oh, my God, that book's amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, is it, though? And then I like read the synopsis and I'm like, I don't feel like that's an amazing story. So I've avoided reading it. Uh-huh. But I'm curious. What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, it's a cool story. Yeah. It's... <sighs> 
Yeah, it's like hard to believe. And I actually read some, after I finished it, I read some reviews and people don't believe the things that happened. Mm. People actually think that she's making it up, which <laughs> it just, uh, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I just laughed. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, why is that even a thought? Yeah. yeah. Um, also, like, like what happened? That happened to that guy um, um, who were a million little pieces. They found out that he had like made stuff up, but like, like he was. It was like the Oprah book club. But he actually like, had. Made but he had. Up. But like, you can't. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, if you actually are saying things that aren't true, like people are gonna come out of the woodwork and be like, "No, eh, it didn't happen, right?" But yeah. like, that's why it's so weird and rude to yeah. be like, "Oh, your mm. life experience isn't real." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's alongside too, like the Me Too movement and people saying, "Well." Um. So, I, yeah, that's why I'm yeah. just like, why would you even say that? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and uh, uh, preach on that if you want, because we talked a bit about that here. <laughs> yeah, it's a safe space for that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the book was really cool. I, yeah, I would recommend reading okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I'll add it to my Goodreads. <laughs> yeah, you should. What we else? had a really good discussion oh, yeah. off of it. Yeah. Any snippets? You're. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Because like, a, what happens at book talk. club stays at book club. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good talk yesterday. Was it yesterday? Two nights ago. We so we've read, educated, um, the sun does shine. Hmm. Um, I can't remember the author of that, but okay, he, yeah, he uh, was sentenced uh, to death row for a crime he didn't commit. Hmm. Oh wow. Yeah, and it's just, like, very reveals, like, how mm. poor our judicial system is with yeah. socioeconomic profiling yeah. and all yeah. that. It's Yeah, it's just really sad. And I think it was good. Um, not that I, like, personally experience those things, but I'm, I think mm. I'm much more aware mm -hmm. of those things happening. Yeah. And, you know, people being, like, outwardly racist. Like, I've experienced moments in my, in my life like that. But I think for a lot of my team to read a book like mm. that and kind of open people's eyes a little bit to yeah. how other people experience life and absolutely yeah yeah stories that aren't necessarily told but that happens so often mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah that was crazy actually at the end of the book it shows how many people are on death row yeah in mm -hmm. each state yeah and it's baffling and it's the statistic was like three out of five are wrongfully convicted oh my gosh that's horrible yeah it's awful yeah something like that wow. that's intense um, what other book you said you read three now or two? Books? Uh, yeah, we read Lord of the Flies last. <laughs> oh, nice. I was gonna ask if it was like not, like not, a, or if not a popular one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, why not? Um, Nobody likes that. <laughs> I I just suggested it, but yeah. everybody was like, "Oh yeah, let's read it." Sure, and then yeah. I think once people started reading, it, I don't think people I, was it written by William Golding. I don't yeah. think everyone's a fan of his writing yeah. in that book. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> just wasn't a favorite of everybody. But yeah. it, we had a good discussion from it. Good, that's about awesome. society as a whole. Yeah. What? Okay, I want to ask you guys. This was a hot topic. Do you think if it was an island full of mm. girls, that there would be violence? Mm. Mm. That's a good question. I don't know. One, I feel like people would view the book differently. Like, yeah. I think there's an exception, like a normalization of men and violence, right, mm -hmm. that happens. So I feel like that interpretation would be different. Um, yeah. Gosh, if it was women? Hmm. I don't know. I was going to say if... Um... <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
maybe they, I feel like they'd be really well prepared. So yeah. I feel like there'd be some <laughs> so argumentation and whatnot happening. And you know, like I'm not going to say women aren't prone to also, but I don't, I don't, not to that degree. I, I don't know. I guess I lean towards not to that degree. Yeah. I think about when I went to the Women's March the very first year, a couple years ago when it happened, and I showed up yeah. in Seattle and I was like, this is the most well prepared march I've ever been at. Like <laughs> there were so many backpacks and fanny packs. Yeah. Like I need dental floss. Oh, she's got it. I need a bandage. She's got it. I need yeah. a piece of fruit leather. She's got that. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. So prepared. And the atmosphere yeah. was like so positive versus yeah. so many angsty events that I've been yeah. before. With. Yeah. What, what did you all decide? Did you come up with a solution or like an answer? Did, what do you think? Uh, we kind of had varying opinions, but I just said, I think we would all work together. Like think there would be like a definite leader who would mm. kind of make decisions. Mm-hmm. But I also think everybody would be advisors. Yeah. I don't think people are like yeah. women are that power hungry. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I think we would more so try to work together. And maybe somebody would die out of just like doing something stupid because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe I should laugh so hard I someone died. No, but um, less murder, more like accidental. Yeah, more like accidental, stuff, yeah. like oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> accidental drownings. Yeah. Yeah. don't yeah, eat that. Go, That's I'm not gonna, a blueberry. <laughs> I'm gonna go fishing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See, exactly. Talk to, you, talk to you never. Right. Yeah. Um, What's next on your list to yeah. read? Uh oh. We decided last night uh, when breath becomes air. Hmm. I don't know anything about that book. I don't know um, that, yeah. It's about a doctor that I believe he gets diagnosed with cancer. And I think he's an atheist before this happens, mm. and then he goes through this journey and becomes like a man of faith. And it's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how it ends, but I've gotten that recommended like ten times. Yeah. Interesting, like spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Cool. That sounds really good. Um, I want to ask you one more question, although we kind of passed the topic of it earlier. No, you're fine. Um, if that's okay to go back. So as you grew up in soccer um, and, like, we're playing, were, you were mostly coached by men, I'm assuming? Yeah, only uh-huh. men. Only men, okay. Did you, have you ever had a female coach? In college. Yeah, okay. What was yes. that like? What was I, different about that? I had an assistant coach um, in, like, youth national team camps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but she worked with defenders. Uh, but in college, yeah, Amanda Cromwell was my coach. That's awesome. Do you feel like it was different? Like, besides just being like, okay, here's... Honestly, just... no. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I remember, because BJ Snow was who recruited me to yeah. UCLA, and that's who I committed to. Yeah. And then Amanda Cromwell got the job because he left to coach the national junior mm-hmm. national teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were on, like, a conference call about it, and me and my mom were in the car, and, like, they were saying, oh, it's a female, Amanda Cromwell's who we went with. And I remember people being so upset about yeah. it. Mm. I was like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what does her being a woman have yeah. anything to do with anything? Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't think much of it then, and I yeah. don't now, but I think it's really important, too. And we had a – our two assistant coaches were females, and then we had mm-hmm. one assistant coach that was male. Mm-hmm. I think that was just really cool to see that, and it's, like, more influential than I yeah. realized in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because now, like, when you think of a head coach, you think of a male. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like, the normal picture in your head. Yeah. 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 And like even I've coached teams or I've been a head coach for like a game or something and they'll be like, hey, do you have the head? Like a ref will come up and yeah. be like, where's your head coach? Yeah. I'm like, that's yeah. me. I'm the boss. Yeah. That's what we were. The episode you um, I sent you with Kat Peterson, that, that yeah. like her assistant coach is a dude and people always go to him as like yeah. the head. And she's like, no, I yeah. actually know soccer and I'm the coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I want to ask you. So I still am under the impression that. Um, soccer in the U.S. is very white-dominated sport. Mm-hmm. So thinking about that experience, um, did you feel? I mean, how was it navigating those spaces? Was that was that true for your experience? Or I mean, you were in California at one point, so 
Was yeah. there was it a little more diverse? Uh, are you talking about in college or just growing up? Uh, either both. So um, when you were a kid, growing Utah, up, definitely white girls. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, entirely. Yeah. Um, was that weird, or did you feel like it was just the way it was? And I didn't. I like never. Yeah. My mom is so great. She, I never thought anything of it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not until I was older, and like maybe sometimes I've just had experiences where people say really ignorant things. Where in that mm-hmm. moment, I'm like, oh, I guess I am different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not not until I was a little older did I see those things or like recognize that people were being just rude. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is primarily, and that also it kind of I don't necessarily want to go into this too much, but it goes into a socioeconomic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I couldn't have afforded to play club soccer if I were, wasn't on scholarship yeah. to be able to afford it and travel. And especially nowadays, like yeah. how often teams travel mm-hmm. and yeah. are going to camps and whatnot to be seen by colleges. The, the world is – that world is like so far beyond me. Like I probably wouldn't have gone to UCLA mm-hmm. now if I were a teenager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky I was in national team camps and mm-hmm. yeah. got free cleats by going to camps and things yeah. like that because I could have never – my family yeah. couldn't afford it that now. Um, but, yeah, I do think that that's a huge part of it is being able to make mm-hmm. it affordable for yeah. everybody because yep. there is so much opportunity that comes from it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's wild yeah. to me that um, – so I grew up overseas and soccer is, like, everywhere in the world and you don't have mm-hmm. to be wealthy to play soccer. Like, yeah. You don't have to have nice shoes. You don't have to – it's, like, it's just a very accessible sport. And then transitioning back to the States and then realizing, like, that's not how it is here. Yeah, it's um, more of a bougie thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just kind of wild to it's me. It's even weird, time. like, over my generation of, like, being um, – and I'm only, I'm only a few years older than you, but, like, thinking about when I played soccer and how many opportunities there were just – because, you know, growing up poor, like, not having access to, like, I played on teams with girls who were, had, you know, they had the best cleats and they had the best everything. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, just kind of, like, I don't know how many pairs of soccer cleats I got from Goodwill, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because I was like, I got to play, right? Um, but just being, um, even being able to play on a rec league and then having the rec league coach say, like, who wants to try out for the, like, elite teams, right? Like, who wants to, like... Who wants to, because their coach is going to come by and like check it out and like how those kind of opportunities, even in the last like, I don't know, 15 or 20 years, that they're the, the whole landscape of like sports and like recruiting has totally shifted to where like it's, I wouldn't. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then now committing to colleges, girls are committing when they're 14. Right. 14. I, I think I committed when I was 15 or yeah, had just so turned young. 16. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I wanted to do. I mean, love UCLA, but they have the most general majors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I were older and kind of had an idea of like, oh, I'd rather go into film, Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have gone there, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's bizarre now, and there's so much pressure on it. That's one thing I do, too, when I'm coaching is these kids, some of these kids have so much pressure on them. Mm -hmm. Like, I met a girl whose parents moved from somewhere in Seattle or outside of Seattle, moved to Seattle to have her train with the academy. Yeah. She misses a day of school a week to go train with a personal coach twice in that day. Wow. And they're trying to get her to go to Stanford. Mm-hmm. And she's 16. That, that's, wow. Yeah, that's incredible. Like, this girl has yeah. so much pressure. And she did, yeah. like at practice, she doesn't look like she's having fun. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, you shouldn't be worried about that at that age. It's no. just, yeah, it's bizarre. And then, like, clubs not releasing players who want to try out for a different team. Or... Yeah. That's like, why involve kids in politics like that? Mm. Like, yeah. Because mm. I'm like grown up problems. Yeah. <laughs> for real. It's always the grown ups. Yeah. It's always the grown ups. It's always the grown ups. And then it's like, is it actually a problem? Like, if, mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy now. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go to our champagne and real pain segment. Sounds good. <laughs> champagne for my real friends, real pain for my sham friends. So uh, thinking about who you'd raise a glass for, a glass of champagne <laughs> or a mimosa, um, for someone who's doing good work or um, somebody who's making change out in the world. It could be related to soccer or just somebody you think is awesome. Did Ooh. you want to start, Annie? I just... Um... I'm going to be really broad and just in this conversation has made me really feel like um, we just got to pour out some champagne for all those uh, professional female athletes who are grinding so hard and being amazing role models and um, deserve the kind of recognition of their male counterparts um, or more or different because they are incredible. And so that's my champagne today is for all the professional female athletes who are like keeping it real. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. That's a great one. I don't know if I can follow that. <laughs> Um, let's see. I'm going to do like two because yeah. I would like to raise one for my great. mom because uh, I think yeah. she is definitely paving the way for women that way. And, you know, not necessarily a scale that I'm doing it. I'm here on a podcast talking about it. But, um, yeah, I think she's done that for me and for everybody around her. I think she's so infectious and is definitely paving the way at her work and, um, for those women that are around her. Um, and yeah, I think women in every whatever capacity they're occupying, um, mm-hmm. you know, keep on trucking. We're mm-hmm. resilient as hell, mm-hmm. and I think it's so infectious. And yeah, just keep on going. Cheers! Awesome. Cheers! That's great. I'll raise my glass uh, to my invisible glasses. I'm holding my hand here. <laughs> you can't see because I, I know, feel but she's like I just want to. She's holding part it of it. I feel like maybe we should get glasses for this yeah. segment, and then we <laughs> so just raise can, them so it feels yeah. like it. Um, to uh, the Women's World Cup. And I resent the fact that I have to say Women's World Cup, mm-hmm. but also um, go watch some games and Definitely. champagne to all those amazing athletes um, who are just uh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun to watch. Yeah. So get out there and watch it. All right, final segment. Oh, wait, no, we forgot. Real pain. Real pain. We can't who are you giving real pain to? I'm real pain to, um, <laughs> like, all um, not being able to watch um, U.S women's soccer like at the world cup without having cable like stop like I, this is a digital age like come on now like i know there are places online you can watch it but like the the pay the paywall is like sometimes it's a little bit too high and i'm like i just feel, I find that frustrating i feel like like the democratization of soccer like hope was talking about before where everybody should be able to access it and it should be everybody's sport like make it free everywhere all the time like wi-fi Ooh, like, i love like that <laughs> I'm going to give some real pain to all those Twitter lamos out there who are talking crap about women's sports and specifically women's soccer. They can get lost. Yeah. And also get behind your computer screen and do something with your life. <laughs> real pain or? Um, let's see. Real pain to those that think that women's professional athletes don't deserve equal pay. Mm, Boom. That's a good one. Good, good, good. Final segment. Do your fudging homework. Interchangeable. White ladies! All right, so in this segment, we are giving homework, because we're teachers. We're teachers. Um, what we to do. all of our I listeners. Know. We can't help um, it. Something that are. they have to go do. To Our hashtag is be less basic. So something uh-huh. to make them less basic about the world yeah. or life. Uh, my homework is go buy tickets for the rain because they're amazing and they're world class athletes and they're in our backyard. And if you're not watching rain games, what are you really doing with your life? You're wasting your life. You're just, wa- <laughs> just wasting your time, like on earth. Like you only get a limited amount of time. You might as well um, spend it appropriately, which is um, watching watching the rain. Mm. So you can buy tickets on their website. You don't have an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> go buy and go That's do it. Like, just do it. Just do just it. Just do it. 
Um, let's see. Can it be like a book? Yeah, it or... can be a book, Absolutely. reading, and action, anything. Yeah. Okay, do your homework. <laughs> Expand your mind. Read books. Specifically mm-hmm. in our day and age, I think everybody should read of wherever you come from, whatever color, gender, whatever you identify with. Um, White Fragility. Oh, I just yes. read that. Yes. And so I think good. it's so important because I think people have such a difficult time navigating conversations about race. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important for us moving forward on all platforms to be educated on the best ways to go about that. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate yeah, we really it. Appreciate yeah, thanks. It. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is part of the Channel 253 Network. Listen to our other podcasts. Move to Tacoma. Nerd Farmer. Citizen Tacoma. Crossing Division. Flounder's B-Team. We Art Tacoma. And Taco Man. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm, whoa. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, Doug. Sorry. I was just enjoying our conversation so much that I forgot about the mic. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.